Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Hello, and welcome to Compliance Clarified, a podcast for risk and compliance professionals brought to you by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence. Each week, we discuss news stories and topical issues from our journalists and analysts in the United States, Europe, Asia, and Australia. I'm Alex Robson, and I'm Managing Editor for Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence coming to you today from London. And I'm speaking to Henry Engler, Senior Editor in New York. Welcome, Henry. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here. In this seventh episode of Season 8 of Compliance Clarified, we are going to look at reverse stress testing and the actions the US Federal Reserve has taken to supervision following the collapses of Silicon Valley and signature banks earlier this year. The Fed has already acknowledged missteps in its approach, and last week, Michael Barr, Vice Chair of Supervision, told a conference the Fed's supervisory process did not act quickly enough to stem the demise of SVB and that lessons were being incorporated into future changes. Quote, we are not an institution that moves quickly on supervisory issues. We are trying to change that, unquote, he said. Over the next six months, the central bank will conduct a system-wide review to enhance the supervisory process and regulation of firms, Barr said. Henry, this has been a challenging time for US bank regulators, but at least they seem to have succeeded in persuading markets that what happened in March was not systemic. What is the Fed doing and what has been the impact of SVB's collapse on US bank supervision? Yes. Well, thanks, Alex. Um, I think in a nutshell, this has been a wake-up call for the Federal Reserve um, and its supervisory process and 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 not just the fed I, I mean i think you know the the fed is the primary uh was the primary regulator for silicon valley banks so they're you know in the forefront here but um you know if you look at the fdic the federal deposit insurance corporation and and even the control of the currency the heads of those uh bank regulators have all in in recent weeks since the collapse of SVB reinforced the need for tougher uh, bank supervision and oversight. And I think as as Michael Barr has said, um, they are reviewing really what went wrong in terms of their uh, relationship with Silicon Valley Bank. And and the first thing that they've acknowledged is that um, they they weren't tough enough with the management of the bank. Um, I mean, the bank's management uh, was clearly um, at fault in terms of its its ultimate failure. Um, They didn't hedge the risks um, that they were exposed to in terms of rising interest rates. Uh, that certainly was the, the number one problem. Uh, they even took off certain hedges uh, uh, against higher interest rates, which was somewhat inexplicable. Um, but the, the the Fed itself, over the last two years or so, raised a number of warnings and issues uh, with 
SVB's uh, management that really went unheeded. Uh, the, the management didn't respond. And what the Fed has told us, and Michael Barr has emphasized, is that they weren't aggressive enough and tough enough in really following up on, on the issues that they found. So I think the number one lesson um, for supervision in general is if you're going to find problems with a bank and you raise the issues with management, you have to move more quickly to ensure that the bank does something about it and not let these issues linger and, and fester until it gets to a point where ultimately it becomes a major problem and, and, and could lead to a bank's collapse. So, I mean, I think that that is the, one of the lessons. And as you know, Michael, as you mentioned, Michael Barr says, we don't move quickly enough. Well, that whole relationship between the examiners, supervisors, and management really has to change. Where when examiners find an issue, they call it a mat matter requiring attention or matter requiring immediate attention. Um, what the Fed did in this case was simply raise those um, those letters, those those issues, and and just never really forced the bank to do something about them. Even though the bank, you know, I, I mean, they were well aware of the problems that the Fed, you know, was concerned with. So I think that whole relationship between um, the regulator, the examiner, supervisor, and the bank's management has to has to be tougher, uh, to use Michael, Bur Michael Barr's uh, language. And, and I would imagine that is now going to be um, sort of the way the Fed behaves with any institution. I think that's one of the primary lessons learned here. So it's fairly clear what you know, the Fed is trying to achieve here. But what are the challenges and impediments to success? And what kinds of banks are likely to be most affected? Well, I think the challenge gets back to the relationship that um, the Fed or any regulator will have with a bank that seems to be uh, doing things or not doing things to ensure its safety and soundness. And I think that when you have um, a management, such as in the case of SVB, where you feel that oh, you know, these, these concerns that, you know, the Fed is raising can be delayed or we can wait or we can work around it or it can, you know, it's not that serious a concern. If it was, they would have done something, you know, different or they would have been tougher with it. I think it all gets back to the, to the management of any institution and how they behave and how they react to to issues that are raised in terms of their financial management and risk management in, in this case. Um, so the challenge will be on an institution by institution basis, the management that you as a Fed you know, supervisor will face. And, and so, you know, I think the, the result will be that when the Fed faces uh, managements that are lax and, and, and seem not to care that much, they will 
you know, be much harsher and, and issue uh, potentially what they call cease and desist orders. They can uh, stop the bank uh, from, from engaging in other activities um, that it wants. It could, there are lots of things that the Fed could do um, to, to sort of wake up or threaten the management, if you will. So, but that will be the primary challenge. In terms of the banks that will be affected the most, um, I, I think what, what we all learned from this, from this event is that banks that are somewhat between 100 billion and 250 billion in size and total assets can be a problem for the, for the, for the entire banking system. And that was something that I don't think anyone expected or anticipated that we could see a bank the size of Silicon Valley um, teeter on the brink of collapse and that that would send these negative shockwaves and, and, and jitters through the financial system to the point where um, you start worrying about other banks failing. Now, of course, we did have two other banks, Signature Bank and First Republic also fail. Um, somewhat similar in size. So, but it's, it's, the event has put a spotlight on that part of the banking system, banks between 100 and $250 billion. So, so a lot of the attention uh, by the Fed and other regulators will be on banks in, in, in that size, in that size range. And what about the position of the rule makers themselves on Capitol Hill? It's been three months since these problems first emerged. Uh, action taken was generally pretty quick, uh, a slightly more lingering death for First Republic. But nevertheless, you know, it was it was, you know, taken out, so to speak. Uh, what, what you know, where are we now? Well, I think a lot of the things that um, Michael Barr and the, and the Fed have been talking about and the other regulators as well, um, they can pretty much... Um, improve or toughen up the supervisory process. Um, they can also uh, increase capital requirements, and that's something that they've been discussing. Um, the, the area that has, has been talked about a lot where Congress would need to act is in terms of deposit insurance. So currently we have um, regulations in place where individual deposits are insured up to $250,000. And because of what we saw in, in, in Silicon Valley's case, where you had a lot of deposits um, above that threshold, uh, there, there is now a lot of discussion and talk as to whether or not we should raise uh, the $250,000 uh, limit um, to something higher, um, or more radically, there's discussions about perhaps uh, uh, providing deposit insurance for everyone, unlimited across the banking system. Now, that's, that's a bit extreme. Um, that raises all kinds of concerns about moral hazard in the sense that, well, if you're going to insure every deposit um, at every bank in the country, then aren't you then sort of giving bankers a free ride in a sense. They won't have to worry about, uh, you know, ensuring that their, their bank is run properly. Um, they might be able, you know, feel they could take more risk um, if the government is going to, you know, bail everyone's 
bank deposit out, so to speak, uh, in the event of a crisis. But um, that's that's the area that Congress would need to act. But of course, um, as we saw last week, uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, Jay Powell, was in front of congressional committees and uh, got a ton of uh, questions about bank capital and what the Fed should be doing is raising you know, bank capital requirements a good thing, a bad thing? Could it impact the economy, given that we're, you know, at a point where many still expect the U.S. economy to go into a recession at some point? So we'll, we'll still have that, that back and forth um, with Congress in those kinds of venues. But uh, a lot of what Michael Barr has been talking about, the Federal Reserve can simply um, act on its own. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. So what's next? Are we are we likely to see tougher stress testing in the future? Well, here, here's something very interesting, which um, at the conference that you mentioned, uh, the New York Fed held last week, and Michael Barr uh, was questioned a lot about Silicon Valley Bank. He raised the prospect of what he called a reverse stress test. Now, that sort of left everyone uh, scratching their heads a bit. Um, look, I, I remember we were all looking at each other and went, what is a reverse stress test? And um, as he explained it, it is a scenario where you, you sort of work backwards. You assume that a bank has failed, and then you try to come up with scenarios that could lead to failure. And this is something that he mentioned they're very they're sort of in the very early stages of looking at this um, because traditional stress tests and we're going to have a report out on Wednesday I believe that uh, the Fed will announce the stress test results uh, for many banks uh, in the country but the, the sort of traditional approach is that you devise various scenarios um, such as the economy is going to contract by X percent and how, and then you model how that will affect uh, the bank's resiliency and, and financial uh, health to withstand those kinds of um, scenarios. This is different. This is sort of assuming, okay, the bank has failed. Let's figure out scenarios which lead to failure, such as what we saw at Silicon Valley Bank, right, where depositors, for example, um, lose all faith in the institution and, and pull their money out, uh, you know, with forty billion in a day. So, so, so it's it's a it's a sort of not quite novel approach. I believe that, that some other um, regulators, that I, I believe perhaps even in Europe, I think the Bank of England may have been thinking about this, or or at least they've they've looked at it. But here in the U.S., for, for the Fed to consider reverse stress testing, um, that, that would be new and different. And, and again, I think it just goes to show, you know, how this, this event has really prompted a rethink about how they oversee 
you know, banks in, in, in the financial system. Well, thanks, Henry. We live in interesting times. Let's leave it there for today. Thank you. That's it for this week's Compliance Clarified. Your feedback is important to us. So please give us a rating on your podcasting platform of choice, or you can get in touch directly. Our contact details are in the show notes. For more information about regulatory intelligence, please search for Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence or check the show notes for a link. Compliance Clarified, a podcast by Thomson Reuters Regulatory Intelligence.